Uh, we're so glad that you're here with us at South City Church for our candlelight uh, service and time of worship for Christmas here. Uh, we hope that you feel like you're just a part of our family as you join in and sing with us tonight and enjoy this time together. Uh, we want to just invite you to worship with us. We're going to have songs that are going to be familiar. We're going to have songs that you just sit back and listen to and hopefully it'll be a blessing to you. But we hope that this is a special night. Number one that you feel like you can enter into a time of worship with our King. That's what Christmas is all about. You know, Christmas has kind of been hijacked in so many ways, commercially and, and other. But Christmas is mainly about worship, mainly about coming to, to this King who's come to our, our world to offer us hope because He's willing to die on the cross for our sins. And so we're just so grateful for an opportunity tonight to worship and to sing these songs and to be a blessing tonight. Uh, we're going to do something kind of fun tonight. If you are a parent or if you are a child in elementary school or, or younger, we want to invite you to go ahead and, and come up. If you, have, if you have kids, let your kids come up on stage. We're going to give them some little bells. We're about to have a, a singing good time here. So if you've got kids elementary school age or younger, y'all come on up. All the kids down front. All the right kids down here. front. Come on. Elementary school kids and younger, come grab some jingle bells. Alright kids, 
ring those bells. Let me hear them bells. You got them bells down there? That's it. All right, now besides taking pictures, all we need to do is sing together, all right? Everybody, let's uh, stand up and sing. Can you see them if you stand up? Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in on the sunken sleigh. Hey, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in one horse open sleigh. Dashing through the snow in a one horse open sleigh. Oh, the fields we go, laughing all the way. Bells on ring, making spirits bright.
Merry Christmas, we wish you a Merry Christmas, we wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy job kids and they do good all right all right kids well if you will give your bell back to miss amanda she'll give you a candy cane well we're so glad you're here tonight and uh, we're going to sing some things you know some new things uh, just take it in sing with us all you can one two one, two, ready, go.
2.8 dice en la misma región había pastores que estaban en el campo cuidando sus rebaños durante las vigilias de la noche y un ángel del, del Señor se les presentó y la gloria del Señor los rodeó de resplandor y tuvieron gran temor Now there was in the same country shepherds living out in the field keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Mas el ángel les dijo, No temáis, porque he aquí 
os traigo buenas nuevas de gran gozo, que serán para todo el pueblo. Porque os ha nacido hoy, en la ciudad de David, un Salvador, que es Cristo el Señor. Y, este, y esto os servirá de señal. Hallaréis a un niño envuelto en pañales y acostado en un pesebre. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, with which be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who in Christ the Lord, and this will be a, the sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swollen clothes, lying in the manger. Y de repente apareció con, un, con el ángel una multitud de los ejércitos celestiales, alabando a Dios y diciendo, Gloria a Dios en las alturas, y en la tierra paz entre los hombres en quienes Él se complace. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. Creation. 
Jesus and right now we want our uh, our Hispanic family to come and, and sing with us the ones who are going to come and sing with us they're going to lead us in Spanish but I bet you know the words to oh come let us adore him
Jason, would you come up and uh, lead our devotion this morning, this evening? Good evening. Merry Christmas. Drew, I got to say, you stole some of my thunder this morning, so you're going to hear a little bit of what you heard this morning, tonight, but not everything. So Christmas is my favorite time of year also. Um, I love the songs that we sing. I love the decorations that we have. I would leave those up all year long if I didn't look like a weirdo inviting people over. Uh, I love the fellowship, and I love the family time that comes with Christmas. I love that it's a whole season, right? It's not just a day. But what I really love about it is it's a great time of the year for reflection. It's a great time of year for great anticipation. But I struggle with Christmas a little bit sometimes um, because for some, this is a really hard time of year. I know we talked about that this morning. Some, some people have painful memories associated with this time of year. As a matter of fact, I know several people who are suffering loss right now, and it's hard. For some of us, it's extremely stressful. And some of us really wrestle with what is it all about? Take, for instance, I have a friend, his name is Charles, and he kind of is in that boat. What is this all about? And he doesn't know, and I don't know much about his family history, but he's one of these guys who's just kind of fed up with the Christmas season. You know, all the jumping through hoops, um, all the traditions that, that we feel like we have to stick to just because they're tradition, you know, and so we kind of sigh and push through it. I think he really wants to understand it all. And he does nice things for people, and he tries volunteering and, and kind of putting himself out there and even doing some things maybe that he's never done before. And my friend Charles is actually not really my friend. He's probably your friend, too. He's Charlie Brown. <laughs> and what I'm talking about is, you know, the Christmas movie, Charlie Brown Christmas. And there's a moment in that movie, if you remember, in that cartoon where everything comes crashing down for good old Chuck. And in this moment of exasperation and extreme frustration, he yells out, Is there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? And his good friend Linus steps up. And, well, he can do it much better, so let's, let's watch the clip. So he finishes that little monologue, and he walks up to Charlie Brown, and he says, that's what Christmas is all about. And there's a lot, I think, that we can learn from this little cartoon. There's a lot that I think we can learn from the Christmas story if we would just allow ourselves to be open to it. And, you know, as this time of year, it always gets me thinking. And as I watch that, just to kind of refresh myself, uh, plus I kind of love it, um, I started thinking. And three questions in particular came to mind, and I want to share those with you tonight. Uh, these three small questions 
maybe you've wrestled with them at some point in your life. Maybe you are currently wrestling with them right now. And so I think as we go through them, I think the answers that we come up with will have profound impact, either in your life or somebody that you know that you can share it with. And the first question is, what is Christmas? What is it? For many people, the answer to this question is found in traditions. It's found in the the hype of the season. It's found in way too many Christmas parties. Glad those are over, right? Probably not. It's found in gift giving and receiving. And it's found in this singular moment, right? Culminating on this one day of the year. And if this is the case, if this is what Christmas truly is, then it's no wonder that Charlie Brown and many of us feel exasperated and frustrated, and we just want to know what it's all about. But in the quiet, in the small voice of the youngest member of the Peanuts gang, we hear the truth, and it draws us in. Christmas, what we truly celebrate, is a focused time each year where we remember and reflect on the moment in history that changed everything. When God became man and he entered into history, into his creation as one of his creation. And what you would think, if it's God coming down, should have been a huge celebration full of kings and dignitaries and high-ranking people, a celebration of highest proportions. Instead, what do we see? It was the most humble moment in all of human history. A moment created and centered on one family desperately searching for a place to stay. Finding shelter in a stable of all places and everything that comes with a stable. It was a moment of fear. It was a moment of weariness, a moment of desperation. It was a moment of pain and childbirth and a moment of intense loneliness as they were separated from everyone. And it was a moment of glory. A moment when the whole of creation turned its ear to hear his first cry. The birth of our Savior. This is Christmas. The second question it led me to was, what does it mean for me? What does it mean for me? What does it mean for you? You know, when we're kids... There was a lot of things that we had to fear, right? I don't think much changes when we're adults. But one of those things when we were kids was we were afraid of the dark. And hopefully as an adult you're not. But if you are, there's help for you. But as kids, we're afraid of the dark. We don't want mom and dad to leave the room and turn the light off, right? It's scary in that room that all my toys are in, that I... I mean, every single day that nothing changes in, it's scary when the lights go out. And we long for the smallest amount of light to pierce the darkness 
to provide security. The birth of our Savior came with the most brilliant light display known to mankind. And with it, complete security. And isn't this what we truly want? To know that we are taken care of, to know that our needs will be met, to know that even death itself does not have the last word. If we look back at the Peanuts cartoon, Linus tells the story of Jesus' birth from Luke chapter 2. And if you know anything about Linus, he's kind of a weird dude. He's a little bit odd. He engages, for such a young kid, he engages very high level, very intellectually. He always has some big ideas he's trying to present and talk about. But he also sucks his thumb and walks around with that blanket, right? Always, everywhere, that nasty, disgusting, dirt-filled blanket. I hope his mom washes it. But something interesting happens in this cartoon. Because when he starts to explain the Christmas story and he starts reading or quoting from Scripture what Christmas is to ease Charlie's mind, he comes to the part where he talks about the angel coming on the scene. And the first thing the angel says is, fear not. And what does he do? Did you catch it? Because you can miss it if you're not watching for it. But he drops that blanket. He lets it go at the moment he says, fear not. The thing that he clings to the most in the world just falls from his hands. In an instant, all that he held tightly to comes crashing down with a silent thud. You know, if Hollywood was producing this, they probably would have zoomed in real tight, done some kind of slow motion effect, right, as the blanket falls, some weird, like, whooshing sound or whisper thing with this epic crashing, you know, like, with dust floating up and this amazing, epic moment, because it was. And in a clever way, we see what is most evident in his mind. We see that there truly is no fear in Christ. We're meant in this moment to see ourselves when we look to the truth of God and let our guard down before him. And we see that the things we hold tightly to don't compare to the security that we find in Jesus. We see that the birth of this baby, our Savior, truly changes everything. And the last question it made me think of, and maybe the hardest, is can I trust it? Can I trust this? Which ultimately says, can I trust God? From the text, Luke 2, we have the account of an angel visiting shepherds of all people to announce the birth of the Savior of the world. 
And here's some random guys out in the field tending sheep, doing whatever they do at night to try to keep wake, keep warm, keep guard over the sheep. And it would seem random, but was it? Was it random? Is anything God does random? We can draw many conclusions from this. We heard Drew give a pretty good example of why he chose shepherds. But what really gets me, what really keeps me wowed at this moment, every time I read it, is the angel said he had a sign for them. Now, maybe it's semantics. Maybe it's translation. You can call it whatever you want. But the angel said to the shepherds, I have a sign for you. He didn't have to say you. He, said, he could have said, here's a sign, right? But he said you. And I've thought about that a lot, and I've done some research into it. And he said the sign is you will find him wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger, which doesn't seem like the right place or the right way, but for those shepherds, it was the perfect sign. Jewish, Jewish tradition tells us that these were not actually any ordinary shepherds. The sheep that they were guarding were not actually ordinary sheep. They weren't just some guys out in the field doing their job. Because the lambs that came from this flock were used in the temple sacrifice. So this is a serious job they had. And they understood what it meant. And so when a sheep was ready to give birth, they would actually take that sheep away from the flock to a place designated a safe place, a manger, a stable, excuse me, a stable, so the sheep could give birth. And when the lamb was born, they looked after it and they took care of it and they inspected it for spots and blemishes to make sure that it was perfect. Now, the funny thing about newborn lambs, and probably all animals, really, is that they kind of thrash around when they're born. They don't know their body and what they're doing. They're trying to figure that out. But what can happen is they can hurt themselves. Now, if this lamb that is designated for sacrifice hurts itself, that means it, can no longer, it is no longer worthy. So they have to take extra care. And so what would they do? They would take this lamb, and they would wrap it in cloths, and they would lie it in a bed or a basket or a manger. And they would keep it and they would take care of it and they would meticulously guard it because this lamb is the lamb that was going to be used to atone for sin. And so we see the angel's words to the shepherds take on a new meaning. And this will be a sign for you that you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. These shepherds, who seem random, are perhaps the only ones who would truly understand what was unfold unfolding right before their eyes. That Messiah has come. And this was no ordinary baby, born to a traveling family with nowhere to go. No, this was the one the last sacrificial lamb that would take away the sins of the world. This high and holy message didn't come with stipulations. It wasn't an exclusive message. 
It wasn't only for the elect or for people with titles. It was for anyone, for everyone who would behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Yes, we can trust it. Yes, we can take it for exactly what it is because it's for everyone. No one is left out. From the greatest of all men to the very least, from kings and presidents to addicts and murderers. This message is for all who would hear it and turn their hearts to God. All who would look upon their Savior and believe. Christmas has come. Christmas is here. The hopes and fears of all the years laid on his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Tonight, I want to ask that you would stand with us. One of my favorite things that we do every year at this candlelight service. Go ahead and stand. If you have your uh, candle. What we want to do is... Uh, we're going to light this. And even as Jason, who is... We didn't say his full name. This is Jason Encaro. He was commissioned today as one of our new elders. Thank you, Jason, for sharing that devotional with us, brother. We love you. This candle represents your life and mine. That the light of Jesus would be something that we wouldn't hide. It wouldn't be something we're ashamed of, but that we would hold it up for the whole world to see. That how we live and what we believe and where we work and all that we do would be a light to those around us, would be a witness to the world for us to say, God, we love you, and we want this light to shine through us to other people by how we love and how we take this message of grace and hope and joy to a world around us who needs it so desperately. You know, if, if you're here tonight and, and you're struggling with your life, if you're struggling with hope tonight, can I tell you this is the greatest season of the year? To just say, God, I'm, I'm struggling here. I need help. I need you to forgive me. I need you to give me direction. I need you to fill me with hope. And I pray that tonight as we sing these songs and as we continue to, even as you see the light of these candles begin to go around this room, that it will remind you that the hope of Jesus can fill your heart and soul because he's the only one who can. Nothing else satisfies. Nothing. Anything else you chase, anything else you try to fill your life with will just fade away and you'll, you'll be left unsatisfied. But Jesus alone will satisfy your heart and your soul and he will fill you with hope. 
And so tonight, if you need to know him, if you don't know him as your Savior, I would pray that you would even just, maybe just pray this prayer with me. I'm going to pray a short prayer. And if you want to borrow my prayer and just pray this prayer of hope of salvation, as you believe and as you change your life, as you turn around and you say, Lord, I surrender to you, that the God of the universe would fill you with his presence. What a wonderful gift. What a wonderful gift any can receive tonight if you just believe. Would you pray with me? Father God, thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you for the season of Christmas. Most of all, Father, thank you for sending your one and only Son to this planet to wrap our injured flesh around him. God, to be with us, to be Emmanuel with us, and yet to be perfect, to never sin and to offer his life as a sinless sacrifice on our behalf. So, Lord, if anybody's here tonight and they don't know you as their Savior, God, I pray that they would pray even in this moment, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose again on the third day. And I want hope and peace and joy in my life. And Jesus, I believe, would you help me to live for you, to know you, and to be filled with your spirit. And may the light of your hope that is in me now spread to those around me. As the woman at the well as so many others that came into contact with who Jesus really was. God, I pray that we leave this place on fire for you, that we leave this place with our hearts filled with joy, with the truest meaning of Christmas. We love you, Lord. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for tonight. It's in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. I want to light this. I want to ask you that we light these candles one at a time. And let's watch what God does around the room as we sing these wonderful songs together. Away in a manger, no crib for
Would you hold up your light? Hold it up high. Let's sing this together. prayer tonight is that you would be able to go in the peace and the grace of Jesus alone. Thank you for worshiping with us tonight at South City. You're always welcome in our family. God bless you. Thanks for coming. Merry Christmas.